This is Sarah Weymouth, and welcome to my podcast, where we talk about everything for you to live your best life. And we have a little fun too, from talking about business, marriage, parenthood, money, health, home decor, friendship, beauty, and pop culture. I'm a mother to three, a wife, a successful business owner, and I want to live my highest, best self. Follow along as we learn together, grow, teach, because you only get to live one life. Oh, and I promise to dig deeper and to ask the tough questions. This is The Line Podcast. Okay, hi. Well, you are our first guest on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. Sahar, will you tell everyone a little bit about yourself, your background? How did you get into this field? Everything about you. Of course. So um, my name is Sahar. I'm a dietitian and nutrition and wellness coach. Um, I I have to say I became I've been I've been a dietitian for a very long time for more than 15 years um, in the East Coast. And then when I moved to the West Coast, um, my daughter, my older one was having a lot of allergies and gut issues. And um, I was introduced to integrative um, functional medicine. And I realized that food by itself is wonderful, but you just definitely need a little more support of herbs and natural plants that are out there. And so through um, her journey, I started, you know, learning more and then getting certification in integrative and functional nutrition. So now I have, um, you know, I'm running a company, which I love, Inner Health Wellness, and we offer different programs um, to adults and teens to support them so that they can feel better. And there's actually now three of us now. So we're three dietitians working on different programs to support clients. I love that. And I have to say, I worked with you a couple of years ago and I've worked with many like holistic doctors, nutritionists, all sorts of things throughout the years and your testing and kind of the way you were able to answer questions for me and walk me through the process was way more detail oriented than the other people I've worked with. So that's why I really wanted to have you on because I think a lot of people that are going to listen to this podcast or do listen to this podcast are already eating organic, non-GMO. They're already, you know, leveling up in a lot of ways in their life, whether they're running their own business or, you know, their moms, this and that. So I really wanted to be able to like dig deeper and get more of those detailed answers. So will you also explain to people when they first come to you, what type of test do you run and where does it, like, how do you determine what someone needs? Yes. So um, when individuals come to us, um, the first thing that I do is um, I have a 15 minute call with them to figuring out what's going on with them. Because even though we have wellness programs, gut health program, everybody's so in, you know, everybody's an individual person, right? You have a lot of things going on. We don't have the same family. We don't live in the same environment. We don't have the same stressors. And so what I do is um, in that 15 minute, I figure out what's going on with you. And then we have a full comprehensive, about a 45 minute session together um, based on your findings and, you know, what's going on and the problems you're dealing with. Then I run testing. So either we do like a gut health test to figuring out your microbiome, either we do a detox test to figuring out what's going on. Um, For our women's health program, we run metabolic tests, and a hormone panel, and a stressor because unfortunately, ladies, (laughs) we have a lot going on, right? And there's a lot on our plate, and we can't lose the same way as men do. So we, I definitely, you know, I encourage all the ladies that come into my program to do those tests. And that's part of the program. So we run those tests to figuring out what are the hormones that are triggering the stress, um, you know, the metabolism. And then for um, patients that are coming in where they have been diagnosed with like, like pre-diabetes or they've had history of like um, cancer in their families, then we do a full metabolic test where we do a micronutrient analysis to figure out all the precursors because unfortunately medicine is a business here. And so when you go to a physician, they only test out 
the criteria, like a CHEM 7, which is an overview of the problems that you're having. But once you are, once you have the disease, then those numbers will elevate. So mm. there are numbers and micronutrients and minerals that affects your body. And so we run those tests to figuring out um, what's happening with your body. And then another test that I love a lot is the DNA test, where we figure out what types of food, what type of exercise suits you. Um, and based on that, we have a trainer that helps you and we create a customized plan. Oh my gosh, I have so many questions. Okay, so first, back to the <laughs> gut health. Everyone talks about gut health. I remember you and I even talked about this years ago. Everyone used to say leaky gut. Don't even know what that means exactly. How do you know your gut health, if you have leaky gut or not? What, what kind of comes back in these tests? Yes. So leaky gut is like ADHD. You know, every kid has ADHD. I mean, I yeah. think I have ADHD, right? Totally, so right. You know, and it's like when you can't figure out what's wrong with a person, that's the first diagnosis. You have leaky gut. Like people will call me. They're like, I've been told I have leaky gut. I have no idea what the hell that means. And I'm like, I'm so sorry because it's just a basic umbrella, right? That yeah. means you're, you're have a lot of imbalance in the stomach. And so I love the test because it's divided into four categories. It tells us the good bacteria that's in your gut, which a lot of people start taking probiotics, not knowing what to take, what brand. So it kind of tells us what you need rather than just going to the supermarket and purchasing probiotics. Mm -hmm. It also tells us if there is intestinal health. So if you have sensitivity to gluten, if you're not digesting properly, um, if there is a ratio of bad bacteria in your gut. So then based on those results, we can you know, eliminate the bad bacteria, and then we can support your digestion, and then your body can, you know, recover and get going. So um, fortunately, when you get leaky gut, people just give a general, you know, um, diagnosis, but there's a lot of stuff that's going on. And so that test is really good, because we're figuring out everything that's going on with your body. So then based on the results, we support you. So speaking of your whole digestive system, what's like a normal amount of going to the bathroom? Cause that always seems to be a question mark. Like doctors don't talk about it. No one wants to talk about going to the bathroom. Is there a norm that you want to look for? And if someone says something different, is that like a red flag? Really? I mean, some people go once a day, but they feel like they've emptied out. I think it's the the sensation and the feeling that you get after you use a restroom. So if you feel like there's just more and it's not coming out, or I'm sorry, I'm getting a little detailed, no, but I um, love it. Like <laughs> if you're looking at your stool and there's little pebbles in there, you know, and yeah. that basically is there's indigestion that's going on. So you're um, building bacteria. So if you have a long stool and it comes out and it floats, it's perfect. Then you know that's great. Um, so it just, it varies based on your digestion, how many times you go to a restroom, but I think it's the type of stool that you have, how it looks like, you know, and, um, how you feel after it. Oh, okay. Interesting. That's a good point on how you feel and what it actually looks like. Cause the, again, yeah. those are things like doctors don't ever, I don't even think one time a doctor has asked me those questions. Like how, how do you even know what's normal? What's not normal? What's healthy? Okay. So that was a good point. Um, so, okay. So you said gut health testing. The other one was the hormone testing. So one thing I always thought was odd was when the doctor runs, I always ask them to run everything. When I go in for my physical, I'm like, run everything. I want to know my hormones. I want to know if I'm deficient. I want to know everything. They always say, okay, they run my hormones, quote unquote. And they don't ever ask me where I'm at in my cycle, nothing. So I'm like, how don't you have to know in a woman where yeah. you are in your cycle? So how do you yeah. guys do the testing and, and where in the cycle normally do you want to be tested? No, I mean, the tests are very thorough and very sensitive. So like, if you are in, I mean, the instructions are like, even if you where where are you in your cycle, if you're menstruating at that moment, you can't do it, you have to do it several times. Um, the problem that I face is that a lot of physicians don't do a lot of these tests, um, not because they don't want to, like a lot of them when I send them the results, and I'm like, hey, thanks for referring to this guy, this is the results we found. And he's like, that's wonderful. I have no idea what to do with it. 
like, like these are these are like I don't know. What do you want me to do? Like, do you want me to give them antibiotics? What do you want me to do? You know, so they're not familiar with the results, and so they don't do it. Um, and then some people are like, well, hormone tests are on and off, so you so we'd rather just give you the birth control or the estrogen or progesterone. And to my point is, you still get a range, you know. And so yeah. before giving somebody a medication or something it's always good to know um you know where they're at and a lot of like premenopausal women it's not that their estrogens are off it's just their stress levels and their cortisol is off and so based on those tests we can support the cortisol levels and the metabolism and the melatonin levels over just giving estrogen progesterone they don't even need that support so let's say the stress levels come out out of whack or are they usually high? Like, how do you, how do you do, how do you see that on a scale? And then how do you adjust that? Cause stress is something, it almost seems like a, an object we can't touch. <laughs> yes. You can't get rid of it. Um, so what we do is, so it's a saliva and urine test that tests out the, you know, the stress levels in your body. And so based on that, that what I like to do is, we um, give you herbs and supplements to support to lower the cortisone level in your body because you can't necessarily um, control the stress that's happening in the body, but it can change how your body reacts to it. Mm -hmm. um, and then mm -hmm. we have this energy healer that collaborates with us that shows people how to tap. So when you're under a lot of stress, then you just use that mechanism. If the stress affects your gut, if it affects your other organs, then you tap to kind of de-stress. So that way, you know, like the actual tapping on yourself, actual okay, tapping. I've seen that. People do it like on their forehead or on their chest. Yeah. Oh, I've never tried yes. that. So is that in yes. like a so moment of stress or you just do that throughout the day? No, you do that in the moment of stress. And then the herbs and supplements lower the stress levels in your body so that even though like you can't handle what's going to happen with your kids or at, in the house or at the job but your body can handle it a lot better. So it's not attacking itself. So the hormones are not going wacko on you, you know? So that's what we do. So that way you have a better support. Got it. So if one of our listeners is going through a really stressful time, what would you recommend for them to do? Like they could do today to help other than the tapping, what is there like a specific herb, vitamin, something that can help boost that? I mean, I would say if you're under a lot of stress, right, and it's affecting your body, then I would really recommend so doing just easy herbs that really help the body out is ashwagandha and valerian root. Those are the most simple ways, right, to help you out. But mm -hmm. if you can do the um, the stress test, which is they're super cheap too. They're like 149 for the test and you do a saliva and urine test. I think that would be a better factor because even if you do valerian or ashwagandha, if your cortisol levels are up, then you need a little bit more support, you know, um, but valerian root and ashwagandha tend to be the more gentle ones to kind of support the body. Okay. I've never even heard of that. So that's so interesting. Now I'm going to go Google that after this. <laughs> We have so many things to get there. Yeah, but I love, and you, is it like a pill or is it powder? Like what, how do you take it? It's a pill. So it's I love the company that I love a lot is Design from Health. I feel like their products are pretty clean. Um, and they make a really, there's three um, supplements that I really love. They, they'll, they make an insomnital uh, and a catacomb. Um, but that's all depends on just like if your cortisol levels are high or if, if your stress is affecting your sleep and they have a combination of valerian and ashwagandha in there and lemon balm, but it's a pill. So then you take it um, in the morning and then at night to help your body. You're so interesting. Okay. See, you learn something new every day because I've never heard of that. <laughs> but, I, but I love that you, you definitely talk about stress levels because I feel like a lot of times we talk about hormones. We talk about deficiencies and we talk about food, but we, we skip over the stress part and that's just part of life, but it does affect how our hormones function and our bodies function. And we just completely skip over that. I mean, we do talk about mental health now, but that's more in the sense of 
you know, going to therapy and being able to work through your maybe trauma or, or problems, but we don't talk about really just everyday stressors that we all have to deal with, whether we like it or not. So I love that. Okay. So I got some questions in from some of my followers. So I definitely want to make sure I get those in. So we don't miss those. One of them was collagen. There's, there's obviously this huge movement of doing collagen. I've never done collagen. Do you recommend it? And if so, is there a specific type? Yes. So I recommend collagen. I love it. I think as women, when, when, um, our um, clients come in and especially amongst females and male um, all see the bone density and the bone mass and the skeletal muscle being low Um, and those are the three areas as women as we get older we age right like um, you know like we go through menopause childbearing years all that depletes that out of our body so I think collagen is really good um there's actually one that's very, you know, readily available everywhere, vital peptides, and they make a marine collagen, they make a beef collagen, they make a chicken collagen. Um, they make a coconut one, but I don't know. I don't really think the coconut is as good as vegan version. Yeah. Yes, because remember collagen is pulverized bones, right? And yeah. so I don't know what you can get from coconut, but it's fine. But like you need the bones. So that's where all the nutrients are at if you really want the full benefits, right? And so I feel like if you even use a scoop a day, you know, if you're using different protein powders and you use um, one that's collagen-based, it will help the body. Do you feel like there's a difference between like the chicken, the beef, the, like the, all those animal options? Which one do you think is the best? Um, I find the beef is a lot more gentle, um and even when you make like beef bone broth it's less gelatiny and it's easier to digest so i like the beef one um some of my clients don't do beef so they'll do the marine and the marine one has no flavor so that's also perfect okay good to know i actually cut out red meat gosh 2018 long time ago mostly because it started to gross me out but i feel like i should put it back into my diet I do remember when you and I worked together, you said my test came back really good, but you mentioned that I needed a B complex. And I I think that was because I don't eat red meat. Is that true? Well, the B, so remember, because iron gets absorbed with with the combination of a friend B12, right? And so um, if you don't, uh, if you don't, if you're not eating red meat, and then it's fine, but you have to make sure you're eating like other protein sources like animal protein, like chicken, at least twice a week to kind of balance it out. What happens is when people become vegetarian or they'll do more like vegetarian options, they just don't get variety of legumes, amino acids in their diet. And so then they become deficient in the bees or the iron. Okay, good to know. Yeah, my iron's never been low, but I think you said my bees were low which mm-hmm. explains it. Yeah. I don't eat beef. But I mean, I do, I eat chicken and eggs and other things, but I just don't have the red meat, which I probably, I'm not anti red meat. I just, it's more of a picky issue. I want yeah. it back in my diet. So I guess since we're talking about red meat, you know, they do say, you know, it's not as good for you as say like a lean chicken breast, right? Because it's more fatty maybe, or something like that. How often do you think we should be having red meat? I think if you're picking red meat, I think it should be grass-fed, antibiotic-free, organic. Mm-hmm. Um, because let's say you're having chicken that's not any of those, then you're better off doing the, the beef, right? Because there's all this junk that's added to the chicken. Um, but I think once a week is perfect. I wouldn't do um, more than that, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's good to know. And I think we'll skip over to this other question I had, which is basically on protein, because everyone talks about protein, protein, protein. (laughs) I think we all understand the difference between a lean, healthy protein and processed meat. Obviously, we want to stay away from the processed food, you know, deli meat, hot dogs, that sort of thing. But looking at protein in general, is protein that important? And how much should we be having every day? So the easiest way to calculate is you take your weight and divide it by uh, 2.2, right? And you get that kilograms. And that's the amount of protein you need to have per day, right? Um, 
Interesting. Because so it's off of your weight. So it doesn't matter if you're male or female. Mm -mm. No, it's based on your weight. And mm -hmm. so if you're heavier, you need more, right? Because you need to support the muscle mass. If you're leaner, you need less. However, it gets a little tricky if you're like an athlete, right? Or like you're a competitive, you know, um, wrestler or doing things. And then that number is, is a little bit higher, right? Um, because mm -hmm. you need more muscle mass to support it. But the average person, if you take the, your weight, and divide it, make it into kilograms. And that's the amount of protein that your body needs per day. Um, right. And so where you kind of can gauge it if you're losing weight, or you need to, you know, um, or you're um, very lean, you know. Okay, good. To but know. protein okay, is I'm doing important. the math when we're done for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but protein is important. I, I say, especially even women protein is important. Um, because it's just, the way that our bodies are broken down, we have our muscle mass, but we also have our protein that supports the whole structure of our body and, and, you know, signals amino acids and helps the brain function better. And yeah. so really making sure we're getting variety of protein is really essential um, in our diet. And that's why sometimes when I see people that are super busy and they're running around, they're like, have, you know, 50 billion hats that they're wearing every day, then I'm like, you know what, you better off just doing one protein powder a day, just to get at least essential amino acids, if you're not going to be able to have, you know, just grazing, and you're not going to have a chance to get in the variety of amino acids in your day. What do you think about pea protein? I love it. Okay. Yeah, I know there's a actually lot of times people say whey is not great. Cause I think that's a milk product and people can be sensitive to it. Mm -hmm. And then I've been doing pea protein for years. Um, and then if you get your protein, let's say from a Greek yogurt or lentil versus a chicken or a beef, does it matter where the protein's coming from? Um, no. So that's why it's important those to give variety because the yogurt will have a different kind of amino acid mm. where the chicken mm -hmm. will have different kind of amino acid. And and when it comes to protein powder, being it pea protein, whey protein, you just want to make sure that there is a list of amino acids that it has in it. So if it just says protein and calories, you know, then and it doesn't have any amino acids, then it's then you it's not going to be the best one for you. And what is amino acids? I mean, we talk about this all the time. I feel like it's all like a hot word that people use. What does that support exactly? It supports the brain. It supports the immune system. So amino acids are just basically, you know, molecules in the protein, right, to support the body. So like L-glutamine, arginine, aspirin, um, these are amino acids, right? But they'll help to um, help the brain function better, help your skeletal muscles, help to support the framework of your body. Okay, great. So going back to hormones really quick, I wanted to also ask, it seems like a lot of men, both older and younger men now have testosterone issues. It's low. Yes. It, it seems to be <laughs> everywhere. Like I'll talk to like Everybody's a random friend. testosterone. Yes. Yeah. I'll talk to like a random friend's husband and he's having issues. I talked to, you know, my father-in-law, you know, even my own husband, like, it, and even younger men, it seems to be like this epidemic of low testosterone. What is going on? And what, is there like a natural way that they could boost it on a daily basis? So, you know, it's funny because they're, they're, it's also become a fad. So like people, like I have clients that are like, Hey, my brother went on testosterone to lose weight. Do I need it? And I'm like, I don't know if you need it. You should test if you need it first, because, you know, because people here are like, oh my God, my friend just got a lot of energy and he's losing weight. He just added testosterone into his diet, you know, supplements, and then he's doing great. So unfortunately with food, it doesn't support hormones as much as herbal supplements that do. Um, and so, but I think it's a mix, you know, I do find that as, um, a lot of men, depending on where they are in their life or the stressors they've had or, or what issues they've had in their bodies, that their testosterone is low. Um, it's hard to tell what, why it's happening, right? Like some of the men that I've even tested, it's like 
they've had a lot of stress they're businessmen and they're young they're not old but I guess maybe just the environment or where their like day-to-day stresses have been that their hormones have been off which makes sense because the stress when I do the women's hormone causes a lot of factors in the levels so that could be a reason why the testosterone numbers are coming down but it's also becoming a, a really cool thing to do yeah, <laughs> amongst men so it, it's you know it's becoming a trend but um but it's unfortunately it is natural supplements and herbs to yeah. support testosterone um and even women's um you know hormones okay interesting so when you're doing the testing with your clients you're not seeing this crazy issue across the board that it seems like everyone's talking about no no there okay. are some that are really really low and there are some that are just fine but there's other factors that are yeah. there are other um, hormones that are off but they just assume because they don't get tested right like some people just don't get tested and they just assume like this is this is what's going on because I'm having the same symptoms as my friend is and he's taking this so I better take that you know yeah, I think we all do that. Uh, it works for them, so it must work for me. Um, I know it's 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 just human nature, right? We can totally. do that. So I do wonder though, because there's a lot of soy in our food now, even organic, non-GMO. I learned about this. Um, I don't know, probably like four years ago, that they put soy in everything because it can be organic. It's a bond that brings you know holds the food together, especially frozen food, chocolate, that sort of thing. I wonder if that's affecting a lot of our hormones. Do you, is what do you think about soy in general? I think soy and corn are two additives that are added to everything. Like I didn't even realize a lot of the supplements you use corn as their, like all steric acid products have corn in it. Mm. Um, the problem though, it does start affecting the gut. Like, like I've seen that affecting gut and people become more and more sensitive to eating different things, more environmental allergies, more, um, you know, um, rashes or random things when they're eating. And so I think when you're not eating properly and it's, you know, causing issues with the gut, then I could totally see it impacting other parts of the body, right? Because mm-hmm. everything is related. Interesting. Yeah. I've, I've tried to keep soy out of our food as much as possible, but it's hard. They put it, soy leche is like an, literally everything. It's yes. So it is. Soy, gluten, corn. corn I mean, yeah. They use a lot of emulsifiers, which is kind of, that's why unfortunately, like the, the food companies in this country, it's just a business. That's why I feel like, yes, you can eat healthy, but you also need to support it supplement and herbs because we just yeah. don't get everything even if you do clean eating and 100 yeah. percent organic i agree our food system makes it so hard to just eat normal let alone super yeah. clean and healthy you can't even go out to most restaurants and eat well because you don't know what kind of oil they're using or you know like you said they have corn additives and all this stuff are you okay with corn if it's organic non-gmo yes but not i mean I recommend corn doing it once in a while, but not all the time. Yeah. It's kind of an empty, like there's not a lot of nutrients to it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What about all of these fad diets? Obviously I think we all know they don't work. (laughs) No carbs, the no this, the no that there seems to be a lot of rumble now about don't eat fruit, do eat fruit, don't eat vegetables, do eat vegetables. It's almost like we've tried everything else. So now let's get rid of the health food. (laughs) Is there anything in these bad diets that is actually true and you want people to know, like, do this, this is good? You know, I think that every diet out there tries to build on the previous diet and either tries to, like, modify it or, you know, add something to make it unique, right? I think the concept of incorporating more proteins and veggies is is essential, right? Because when they say, um, like being on a lower carbs, adding more protein and veggies, right? Mm -hmm. But what becomes a little bit off is a lot of people start using fruits as carbs. And then they start using like, you know, everything else as carbs. And I think it's, it's most about grains, right? So I think that if we try to minimize grains so much, you know, and, and incorporate other 
forms of, you know, like fruits and vegetables and legumes and lentils, I think those are healthy carbs. I think the problem is that we utilize grains and a lot of the grains are processed. And it's not that people will sit there and actually have like organic grain every day is that they're having other forms of it, which makes it, you know, so I think the philosophy they're trying to incorporate veggies and protein is essential. But I think they lose the idea of legumes and lentils and like healthy oils, you know, like people just don't add healthy oils Mm -hmm. um, to, you know, their foods. And that's the number one way to help, you know, lower Parkinson, lower, you know, inflammatory and lower the autoimmune diseases that are going on. And so that's the problem with the with the fat diets, they just all are stuck on the, on the protein true. and the veggie, and they just forgot yeah. about the rest of the food groups, you know? Well, and then you'll see people like pounding bacon all day long. And I'm like, yes, okay, but that's not healthy <laughs> either. It's a lot of protein, I guess, but it's processed, it's fatty. It's yeah. So yeah, um, yeah I, I agree. It's just interesting. Cause you'll, you, you know, you hear people say like, I, I literally just heard someone say they're doing all protein, all fruit, no veggies. And I'm like, that can't be good for you. <laughs> no, let's not do no. that. No, no. You know, I mean, I think, I think if you, if worse comes to worse, then you minimize, right? You have like two fruits a day and then you have more veggies, right? I think the yeah. problem is we just don't get a lot of good sources in our diet. And then mm-hmm. we try to change it. The other thing, which is crazy is, I don't know if you've heard a lot of people are going like injections and, and appetite suppressant and um, nipsid and yes yeah, so they're... that was actually on my list from one of my followers they wanted to know what you thought about ozempic which obviously is oh, like yes, the rage yes. in hollywood right now for the listeners who don't know it's diabetes medicine right and they started giving it to obese people to help them with losing weight well people that are not obese also caught on it makes you not hungry helps you lose yeah. weight but i don't we don't even know what this drug does so what's going on with that Oh my gosh, everybody's on Ozempic. All my clients, the first thing their doctor does is, hey, are you ready to be on Ozempic? And it's like so crazy. The problem is when clients come in, being overweight or even like underweight, a lot of people struggle with their metabolism, you know? And so the problem with a lot of these drugs, they're not permanent fix. So they slow down your metabolism. When you're not eating, it throws off your whole metabolism. And then you can't be on it. I mean- Yes, I have friends that are physicians that are like, yeah, I'm never going to get off this thing. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but yeah. like, I'm like, all right, I don't want to know what's going to happen in a couple of years, right? But yeah. um, but I think that, um, I think it's, you know, I feel like these kind of appetite suppressants have been around. They've just changed forms. Like I used to work for that company where you would get the runs when you had anything fatty it was like I think ally and it was no. ridiculous I, yeah, I remember this. yeah. <laughs> you know so Ozempic is a new thing you know it's it's a press you know it stops you from eating but the problem is when you when you get off of it like you're you're gonna be like you yeah. know this individual that was stuck in a cave forever you're gonna be ravenous you're gonna be hungry your metabolism is gonna be super off Right. And then how you deal with it, you know, a lot of people like tell me, hey, can you give me a pill or something so I can lose the weight and then learn how to eat? And I'm like, if that would work for you, people would have done it already. Right. <laughs> you can't, yeah. you can't learn, you have to learn in the process, you know, it's the mm-hmm. harder way, but I think it's the best way. Yeah, I agree. Um, I also wonder, like, what is the long term effects of this drug? Like, how long has it been on the market? I don't even know what are the side effects there's got I'm I'm pretty like anti-drugs obviously because I try to be as holistic and clean like you um and I also heard it gives you ozempic face where you get really hollow and I'm like what especially what woman who's aging wants to be hollowed out like we try to do the opposite we want to be plump and glowing and it's like it's I don't know if it's a good trade-off like lose the weight and then have your face look sunken in I don't know I know and the problem is like some of the side effects are like, like nausea, constipation, you get little, you know, it's all gut issues. Yeah. And and that's yeah. the problem where like diabetes medication does the same thing, gut issues, kidney issues, right? So when you yeah. are affecting the stomach, it's going to come back to you because unfortunately, you only have one stomach, one intestine, right? You yeah. got to break 
everything down there. And then you're going to be on tons of other medication to kind of fix what, you know, what damages you already caused. Yeah, I, I completely agree. So what do you think about intermittent fasting? Obviously that's been a fad too. Now people are saying it works better for men versus women. Do you like it? Does it work? Who should you know what? You know, what's so funny is that the DNA test that we do, we run it on men and women. And I would say 80% of the results that come out are don't do intermittent fasting. Like mm -hmm. it doesn't work for people. Like yeah. it's, now half the results that come out is just you need to go for the lower glycemic foods. Don't, don't, mm -hmm. don't do, um, you know, uh, don't start your day off too late because your metabolism is off. So it's yeah. interesting because people come to me that they've been doing intermittent fasting for a long period of time. And we do this test and they're like, oh my God, <laughs> my yeah. body hates it. No wonder nothing is happening. You know, totally. um, it, it, it shuts down a lot of, um, aspects of your body, which then it's harder. I would think going back to the metabolism talk, it, you would think it would affect your metabolism because your body's like, I'm starving for X amount of time. And then you finally eat. Yeah. I, I also feel like I want to do that genetic testing and the DNA testing that you were saying, because I'm curious to see what it says about me, because naturally I'm not that hungry first thing in the morning, but then I always eat by like 10, 11 o'clock. So if I had to like wait till lunchtime, it would, I would die. Like I'd be so hungry. Um, but I do think it's interesting. Like my husband wants to eat like right away. You know, it's, everyone seems to have this natural way of doing it. Also with, we're both Persian. I feel like the, the Persian diet, the Mediterranean diet, that really kind of filters into a lot of what you're saying, where you start your morning with like a, a feta and like a light bread and we do a lot of cucumber and tomato and watermelon and that sort of thing where the American diet is so heavy and the, they, they, we basically start with dessert. If you think about it, yeah. muffins, yes. bagels, uh, what's it, mm -hmm. um, pancakes, waffles, cereal. I'm like, none of this is healthy. It's all packed with sugar and processed foods. And that's like the norm here. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I feel like, yeah. Yeah, Eat that's why I well. love that. I know. And I love that test because it's like a, um, you know, it just wakes you up. Like, it's like, oh, my gosh, my body really needs this and it needs the support. Right. And yeah. so I love it. And it's funny because it's so different for each person. And so when they do it, they're like, oh, I didn't even know. That's why I love doing testing, not just for the sake of just do, running them, because I mm -hmm. feel like you'll get a better understanding because everybody's so different. You know, we're not all the same. I love it too, because you're giving a detailed plan. It's not just generic. Yeah. Oh, everyone just eat healthy and work out. It's like, clearly <laughs> there's more to it. Like you said, our gut health is probably ruined. And, um, oh, I was also going to ask you heavy metals. I, I asked you not too long ago, if I should be doing a heavy metal detox. Do you see that a lot? And how do we know if we even need one? So um, normally what we do is when, when clients come in, we do a detox anyways, just to clean out their bodies. Um, but heavy metal detox, um, you'll notice because you'll start having a lot of foggy brain, you'll have a lot of random uh, skin issues that you haven't had in the past, you know, um, and you'll get, you know, like your, your body's just so fatigued and tired all the time. Um, then that's when we do recommend. And then, you know, those tests are so easy. You could do a saliva, you could do hair sample, you know, yeah. so those are simple tests to do and to kind of figuring out where your body's at. So how do you feel about detoxes and cleanses in general? A lot of people talk about juice cleanse or, um, I don't even know what the other ones are, but how, let's say I wanted to do a cleanse. I've been eating really bad. I've been traveling and I really want to dial it back in. What's something that, you know, our listeners can do on their own right now. I mean, I think it's good to do detox at least once or twice a year because of what we go through. You know, I don't think doing daily is really essential, mm -hmm. um, you know, because then you're depleting all the minerals out of your body. Mm -hmm. So there's, Oh, many. That's the other, you know, that's the other business uh, of detox, right? There's so many different detoxes out there. Oh, and man. so yeah. every brand is, has their own detox. Um, 
I recommend if you're going to do a detox, do it the right way, right? Because there's two phases you need to clean out your body. You need to do the liver cleanse. So it has to have some herbs like dandelion, chicory root in there, right? To clean it out. And it needs to have the essential vitamins like the bees, the high levels of seeds to kind of support the body and um, get everything out. So juice cleanses are fine, but they're only covering the vitamin part of it mm-hmm. and not necessarily the liver part of it. And then sometimes when you do just the herb part of it, you're doing the liver, but not the other part of it. Uh-huh. So normally I feel like design from health, um, and even... I want to say um, pure encapsulation, but there's definitely if, even like whole foods or sprouts, if they have the cleanse, you want to make sure it has the herbs to do phase two and you have the vitamins to do phase one because you need to clean out the whole body, um, you know, to support you to really do a true cleanse. Otherwise, any other ones is just, you know, it makes you feel good. It's it's a SIBO effect. Yeah. So how... <laughs> Is it like a one day thing? Is it something you do like for a week? Like, how do you do it? It's normally 14 days. Oh, wow. Um, and then are yeah. you eating like just clean during that time? Or are you eating not so much? You're, so like you're avoiding like nuts, like peanuts, you know, um, corn, dairy, gluten, anything that is con- contaminated, it can be processed, mm-hmm. then you're avoiding, but everything else is fine. And soy, you're avoiding soy. That makes sense. Okay. I need to try this. I've never actually done a cleanse or a detox. I just, I love to eat as long as I don't have to restrict how much I eat, I can do it. But if I restrict, like, you know, those juice cleanses is like, don't eat, don't do anything with juice for the whole day. I'm like, I would, I wouldn't be able to, there's no way. (laughs) No, I don't even think that's healthy. You know, I mean, I think, I think incorporating juice is definitely essential, you know, because you can get especially even vegetable juice. But to do a full, like, some people do seven days of different, like, juice. And I'm like, why? No, I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah. no. Even if I wanted to, I know myself. I just, I, I feel like I eat more than most women. I don't know why. Maybe I have a higher metabolism or what, but I love eating. <laughs> like, I just always want to eat. So I don't know. Um, okay. Another question I know people are curious about what are your thoughts on caffeine and alcohol, obviously coffee and like wine or like the two big things people, (laughs) you know, coffee, it's so funny because coffee gets a bad reputation, you know? Um, and so some people say, don't do it. And then they realize, no, it's not actually that bad and do it, you know? Um, Normally, even for when we do the DNA test and they test out for the caffeine sensitivity in the body, um, even the ones that are super sensitive, it's recommended to do at least one cup a day, but mm-hmm. not more than that, you know? So I think if, I think um, coffee is actually not bad. I think it's a, you know, um, mm-hmm. a good antioxidant that supports the brain. So I think it's just how much we're utilizing it and how much stimulus mm-hmm. we're putting in the body. So well, I, think I think if you people do people also don't understand what a cup is. Yes. Yes. They yes, get like yes. those huge <laughs> ones from Starbucks or they fill up. I mean, my husband loves to fill up his mug like all the way and then he'll refill it. And I'm like, that's not one cup. Like, what are you doing? I, but yeah, well, that, one yeah. cup is pretty small. Like you're measuring cup, right? It's a small cup. Yeah. So it's either yeah. one or two cups and that's enough, which you said, you know, it's so interesting, Sarah, because, um, I had a lady that come to me and she was like, well, I drink, you know, every night. And I'm like, wow, her weight doesn't change. And I'm like, can you show me your glass that you're using? And like, literally, she came out. Huge. Yeah. Huge glass. Like, yeah. She's like, I drink this every night. And I'm like, oh, no wonder. I'm like, yeah. We're going to start. So I think it's like, um, you know, when, when with coffee, you do once or twice a week. For women, though, it's really interesting because. Um, a lot of clients that are older or they're hitting menopause, um, the alcohol is starting to affect them a little bit, you know? And so I think in that case, if you're like a social drinker here, there, it's fine. But mm-hmm. they used to be like having a glass of wine at night and they're realizing like it just doesn't, it causes more heart palpitations for them. It throws off their sleep. It doesn't really, you know, it's starting to affect their hormones. Yeah. I'm not a big drinker. I feel like it affects me a lot. Like I, 
And I think it's because I don't drink a lot. I notice it. So when I do drink like at an event or I'm being social, I notice it instantly. I notice it that night. I notice it the next day. I just, I think it wreaks havoc on our bodies. I always, I, me and my husband have an inside joke where we say poison. Do you want poison? Should we get poison? <laughs> because it really is just so, it's just not good for us. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you know, it's like, we all want to do a little bit of social drinking, but um, there are those people that have to have their glass or two of wine every night. And um, I think that's probably, I, I heard one time someone say, I can't remember where I heard this, but if you have one one glass of alcohol, if you have it every single day, they would consider that alcoholism. Like you have yeah. a problem. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, cause there's probably a lot of people that do mm -hmm. do it every day, but we've okayed it as a society so much that it just seems like the norm that everyone does it, that that's the stress reliever and all that. Um, so, okay. Interesting. Yeah. And you know me, I don't drink coffee at all. So, and my husband's, I think very addicted. If he doesn't drink coffee, he gets headaches. So I'm like, that means you're doing too much in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's just a measurement, you know, if you're doing one or two cups, but the alcohol, I do definitely see the, the drinkers every night, it's starting to get affected, you know, and their weight, their hormones, their sleep, have yeah. a hard time, you know? Um, so I think as we get older when you're young you can do all these crazy things no problem right. and then <laughs> it so catches true. up it catches up to us you know yeah yeah I know when you're young you go to happy hour every day after work and no big deal <laughs> and then like go to the gym <laughs> oh my gosh I love it so I know we're almost out of time so I want to get a few more quick questions and what have you seen or is there like a key that you see to your clients losing weight? Like, is there something that usually clicks for them or I don't know, any tidbit that you see that really helps people get going? You know, I have to say um, the clients are doing really well is they start early in the morning with something, you know? Um, so the first thing they wake up is they, they do lemon water to just kind of bump their metabolism and then they'll do like if they're doing coffee they'll pop in and they'll have an egg to go or they'll have like a protein shake or they'll have a fruit with you know their coffee but something to get their digestion going um and it's then they'll start realizing that oh my god i'm actually getting hungry that then their their body is telling them when to eat and they get into a clock and they actually start losing well you know and so the ones that are struggling are the ones that wake up and they just go to a meeting, they forget to have something, it's like 10, 11, you know, um, and they're like, Oh, my God, shoot, I didn't eat anything, I haven't had anything. And so that's where those are the ones that I find um, are having a hard time. Yeah, I love that. I, I, lemon water is one I feel like we've been saying for a long time. Is it I mean, lemon is high in vitamin C, and it's um, kind of natural detox for our body. What else does is it do? Lemon actually is very alkaline. Uh -huh. So, but when you have it in the morning, it, it balances out the stomach acidity. So then when you're eating, it, it helps that digestion right away. Okay. I'm adding that right away. <laughs> I usually put lemon on my salads at night, but I, now I'm going to try, now I want to do it in the morning. I love that one. Um, and then how long does it normally take for your clients to see results? Obviously it's different for each person. I would guess someone that has more weight to lose probably sees things sooner than someone that only has a couple pounds. For me, the rule of thumb I've always said to myself is if I start, you know, let's say I start like a new workout routine today and I'm eating super clean and I want to dial it back. I give myself two weeks. I won't see anything for at least two weeks. And I don't know if that's scientific or true, but it seems to kind of be in that realm for me, at least. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think what happens, people first to start feeling good. And usually around like, um, you know, the, the two weeks marker towards, I mean, I would say around like 12 to 14 days when they start noticing like, oh my God, my skin's feeling better, looks better. My body is lighter, you know? And then, you know, as they go into the third or fourth week, they start shedding the pounds because there's so many other layers. I always tell people, it's like an onion. We got to yeah. peel it, you know, to get to the yeah. root, see what the problem is. And then you'll see all, you know, automatic results. So 
But the first thing that you notice is they have more energy, they're feeling great. And they're like, this is good, I can do more, you know, and then everything else starts working. Yeah, I agree with you. So I, I think I'm on like on week three or four of just trying to clean up my diet because I was so stressed with relaunching lemon. I was just eating whatever, you know, just kind of went off the rails. And I agree the first couple of weeks, you do feel lighter. Like I didn't maybe look different or look different or I wasn't different on the scale, but there's just something with your body where you feel lighter. I don't know what it is. It's very interesting. And then you start to see changes and fit differently in your clothes, less bloated, that sort of thing. So yeah, I agree. I think that's always a good, I always have that two week mark in my head when I try something new, because it's so easy to get discouraged on day, like six, seven, where you're like, okay, it's been a week. It's not working. Forget it. I'm going to eat pizza. You're right. Because especially it's like you're making all these, you know, changes and they're not easy, you know, and they're like, oh my God, I made all these changes. I don't see anything. So I tell people don't get on the scale, like just put the scale away. Don't get on there. The most important thing is just how you feel, you know, take an outfit from your closet, what you want to envision yourself getting in, how you feel you're going to get there, but the scale is going to drive you crazy. Yeah. I agree. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. This was so great. You answered so many questions. I think the listeners are going to be so excited to get the info. Where can they find you to follow you? Um, if they want to do the program, tell us all the things. Of course. So um, Inner Health Wellness is um, our company. So the website is just Inner Health Wellness. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. Um, and um, what I usually do is we offer a 15-minute free call to make sure, you know, what's going on with you, if the program is good for you. And then once you uh, feel like this is the right thing, um, then we go ahead and get you on there, send you the products and get you started. We have people from everywhere. So it's, you know, 90% of our practice is virtual. So we can see anybody anywhere. Yeah, I must say you're in the Bay Area and I was in Nashville when we worked together. So everything was virtual and it went really well. Um, I also love the fact that, like you said earlier, you asked her to like, take a picture of the glass so you could see visually, like, what does she mean by one glass? I definitely took pictures of like the food I was eating and the proportions and all the things. And it really helped me grasp, you know, little things I didn't think of where you would say, you know, you could eat more here or, you know, do this is okay to eat, just have a little bit less. And I, I love that. So I'm a, I'm a total fan. I'll have people check you out. Uh, just follow you on Instagram first and get some tidbits from you. This has been so great. Thank you so much. Uh, of course. Thank you.